0: And now the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson.
1: Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And we have Jeff Larson with us today. If you haven't heard of him, you will after this, because he is. uh, He is the, I guess we say publisher, the host, whatever we call it, of the crit house and i'm sorry i didn't discover it sooner because it's a fabulous resource which we're going to talk about he's uh he's a master at youtube and i've only watched a few of his videos but i've learned so much as a result of it and we're going to we'll talk about it at length and of course he is also the our featured photographer in the uh february 2024 issue of street photography magazine Jeff's a longtime street photographer he's been doing it since the 1980s uh he's one of the founders of the boston street collective he says that he's he's starting to go down a different road i guess in addition to street photography so we will uh, we'll learn all about that and he's been doing a lot of work with his uh mobile phone call it says he's a more of a hip shooter now, or maybe not all the time. I don't know. He's won many awards. He's uh, published a book called Sonder, which I ordered. I'm looking forward to, to getting a copy of it. And uh, I've, I've seen some of it. It's, it's really nice work. He, he does some great stuff.
2: So, Jeff, thanks. Thanks for being with us. Well, that's a, that is a very nice introduction, Bob. Oh. It's, it, it's, you're, you are nicer to me than I am to myself.
1: Aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? i am Thank very you for hard nice on words. myself that's... and uh, yeah jeff also does uh inside the crit house he, he does a series called my five where a person selects five images five of their favorite images i'm not sure what the criteria is and he does a show where the the people discuss those images and yeah that's uh,
2: that's a really interesting thing to do. We've had some um, very well-known photographers on. Sam yes. Abel um, it was was on the program, and it's it's a little bit like finding out how people discovered themselves in photography. You know, you go back. So, I, what I tell people when they come on the program is just pick five images that influenced your creative growth, your artistic development. And some people choose all photographs, and some people have paintings some people have things from books and poems and uh you know it's you you, because because everybody's influenced in different ways to be you know in in how they become a photographer and what they become and uh so it's been they have been fascinating conversations with a lot of different artists from all over uh all over the photography world
1: yeah it's it's an amazing exercise uh i was honored to be uh, to be asked to
2: be on the show and, and you had some great images to you did so you had uh the uh, W. eugene smith yeah one of the one of the great images So we had we had a great conversation that was uh, that was a lot of fun it it's was it was on. a
1: lot of fun very interesting and i was flabbergasted because it was on there with people like sam abel and a X and uh you name it i mean they they've been on here and uh I purposely didn't watch many of them ahead of time, but I, you know, so I want to thank you for that. And matter of fact, that episode just dropped today and I just watched it about a half hour before we we got on. So
2: yeah, as, as we're recording this, it's a, it's a fresh moment for you. Very fresh, (laughs) very painful. No,
1: no, but I did, uh, I guess before we get into the, (laughs) into your details, but I really did like, or do like how you ask people to choose only five images. Um, when people submit articles to the magazine, we insist on really no more than eight images. Yeah, People find that painful. I found it pretty painful. And I and I decided, okay, from now on, when I do a project or I'm going to put something up on my website, my personal work, I'm no more than five. Yeah. And then you asked me for some of my photos for the show. And I gave you about 10 of them. I, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep, I, you know,
2: by my own work, I couldn't keep it down to five. It's very, very difficult. But. Well, I have to say that that process of of editing of it, the people do with my five is is one thing. But, um, you know, when you do a book, you mentioned my book, Sonder, um, that is a it's it's such a uh, an amazing learning process when you're going through when you're looking at the body of work you you do. And, and you've got you have to get rid of some things that you love. Um, yeah, you do. Which is. It's, it's very hard, but it also teaches you an awful lot about yourself and the work and which direction you're going. And um, so that, yeah, that, that editing process, um, I, I think, is one of the most important parts of, about being a photographer. Yeah, it's not I agree. Just, not just taking the picture, but putting together the body of work and trying to decide what's going to be in and what's going to be out.
1: Yeah, one of the shows that I watched was with, I hope I pronounce his, his name correctly, Harris Econonu.
2: Oh yeah e- yeah. E- e- yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not spelled that way
1: but and, I, and I'm sorry if you're watching this or listening
2: to this Char- my apologies Charis, yeah yeah uh but Darius Ianu yeah who is from who is from Greece yes
1: yes and uh one of, uh, what he he does on is the primary program on his YouTube channel is where uh, Jeff gets together with um three other photographers and or two other photographers, and they uh, criticized the people's work in in a very good way. And in that show, uh, X Perello was one of the reviewers. and uh, he said basically, what you just said, you you know you have to get rid of things because he had not, not a whole lot of photos, but uh, he made some very good comments like, you had a lot of the same, I mean, they didn't, don't look the same, but they are still the same in many ways. And he he said something that really struck home with me. He said, it's like like in music, striking the same note over and over again. Yeah, yeah. He encourages his students to um, narrow everything down to eight core photos and then build from there if you're doing a larger article or project. And that made so much sense in the way he explained how to do that. and. And the other people reviewing them as well said, "Do you need to get rid of some of these photos?" Yeah, because there's too much duplication.
2: So when we, when I started the Crit House, the the YouTube channel you're talking about, it uh, the the reason I started it is because um, I start when when I started to grow as a photographer, it was only when I started to get input on my work, um, and while we do. So while we do criticize work on the Crit House, it's more about critique, which is a little bit different. It's sort Mm -hmm. of giving people feedback and input and saying this work this this doesn't work. So it's trying to provide a photographer with information about um, how they can improve and take their photography up to the next level. And sometimes that's about you know editing and going. What are you going to do in Lightroom and all that? But mostly it's about taking a look at a body of work and saying you know these are the kind of images you might want to think about shooting and the direction you might go. Cause I mean, and, and the thing is like, I'm not, I'm not the person to provide the criticism because I'm not that's that that smart of a person or that good of a photographer or that educated of a photographer. That's why we bring in other people who have expertise to be like a Baryon X um, and Dan Milner and a lot of these folks to come in and talk because they know what they're talking about. So I'm just providing the forum for the conversation and it's an opportunity for people to learn more and to take their photography to the next level that that's our goal
0: yeah yeah and you don't normally have people of that caliber reviewing your work uh, and
1: i speak in terms of everybody you know not not you particularly but, but it's
2: but it's so important i mean even if yeah. it's not that caliber you know i mean that's so um you know join a critique group you know, get get fr- get friends who may not be you know world class professional photographers, but just get a bunch of people who like to do what you do and sit around and talk about photography. Show the work you've been doing and say, hey, what do you think about this? You think I should go in this direction? And have people say, yeah, I don't know, that doesn't work for me. You know, because because it's not going to work for everybody. You might love what you're doing, but you know, another person who you like um, may not necessarily. And and that information is important for you to know as a photographer so that you can make decisions about what you're going to do. Um, and that those discussions, a lot of people don't have, because I mean, it's hard, it's hard to show your work to other people and to have people say good or bad, you know, cause that's it's, those are your babies, you know, you're putting your babies up for, um, but you know, as if, if you want to grow as, you know, I, I, I used to call myself a photographer. Now I'm, I, I am starting to sort of think of myself as an artist and i know that kind of sounds pompous in some ways but um i want to be creative and and that that feedback and that input that other people have um is so important in being able to see uh clearly the work that i'm doing does that make sense yeah it does yeah and because you've built
1: this thing you have access to all these amazing photographers to to give you input too
2: uh, um absolutely. No, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, I ha- I have put my photography up on a couple of occasions to be critiqued. Um, and it hurts. <laughs> you know, I um I there was there was one time I put my street photography up for a, a a critique, and somebody says, you know, I'm so tired of this kind of uh this this kind of uh photography. I'm just bored by it. And I was like, oh. You know, it's, it's a, it's a friend of mine, a person I like very much. <laughs> so, yeah, but, it, but it's, but it's like good information. Um, it is.
1: It is. I yeah. guess, where do you draw the line and how many people do you listen to? You know, only two or three or 20. I know somebody who went to a, a, the a critique, portfolio reviews report portfolio review thing yeah. out west. And she had like 12 people review her
2: work and she said it it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. I have done that once. Yeah. Um, And I learned a lot from it. You know, it's because, you know, and because you're doing it in a sort of a different, it's like speed dating, right? You sit down with somebody (laughs) for 20 minutes and they have 20 minutes to look at your, your, the bot, the work you have and they give you some feedback and sometimes you go to the next table and (laughs) the person who you have the next speed date with tells you the exact opposite of what you just said or what the other person just said. But, yeah. but like that's but that's you know, you get that a lot because you if you have two experts, two really smart people looking at the same picture or the same group of pictures, um, they're not going to they're not going to agree. Um, you just need to figure out like what it is they're saying that is relevant to what you think about your work. And you take that in um, because, you know, you can't like just just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's right, even though they might be. You know oh, a yeah. world- class expert on it they it's it may not be right for you,
1: I agree i I did that oh I, you know, I
2: look at work every day,
1: but I did a, a portfolio I was a portfolio reviewer at a oh, festival right. at the Miami Festival one year, and I realized I was being too nice
2: <laughs> and, I, and uh, so I wasn't doing them any favors by being too yeah. nice well that's that's exactly right because I mean it doesn't i mean having people say your photography is great is great. I mean, everybody likes that, right? You love to hear that positive feedback. But that's not going to make you better. It's unless somebody tells you, "Eh, you know, it is great. But you know, these are the things that I think about it. Um, That's where you get information gets gets you to be helpful. But but again, it's hard, you know, because they're saying what can be interpreted as negative things about your art. Um, Again, those are your those are the things that you've created. It's part of you. It's hard to hear but you can't get better if you're stuck inside your own head all the time. Exactly. And, and you know what, it's also a matter of developing community, you know, having mm-hmm. a a group of people who can be, can, who you trust um, to show your work with. Um, and I know you had, uh, at, at one point you had Ellen Friedlander on your, your talk show. She talks about that a lot about developing oh, a, a community yeah, yeah. and having other people to be part of, uh, and, and you know, it doesn't, it, by the way, it doesn't have to be all photographers. You know, there are, I know, I know Ellen has been and other people will be in groups um, where it's a painter and a poet and a bunch of other people who are just creative people who can talk about what the, the images mean to them because it doesn't all have to be about photography.
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Let's back up a little bit. All right. And talk about you. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you talk about you me. talked to a lot of about. other people. It's your turn, <laughs> and uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? It's just not in photography, but career wise. But uh, and I'm I'm particularly interested because we started out in the same field. I mean, I majored in broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in college at Ohio University. Yeah, one of, one of the great journalism schools in the country. It of, absolutely gotta, is. I gotta what? give
0: him. And a great. My son was a, a, a photojournalism major. There, has a, they have a great photojournalism program too.
1: He's not Everything doing it anymore, but what yeah. the, He's a hell of a photographer. Anyway, so uh, but you did too. So wanna, and you've got that. you got that radio
2: voice. You know, I've got <laughs> you, the radio. Fa- radio face too. That's the. the radio, my, yeah. my downfall. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I mean, so you look, so, you look good. Oh, you uh, thanks. You're, yeah. you're, you're pretty hot stuff yourself there. Um, <laughs> so, well, I came, I I came to broadcasting cause my father was in the business. Mm-hmm. My father, my father recently passed great man. His name was yeah. Tom Larson. He worked in broadcasting in Boston for years. Um, and I just kind of followed in his footsteps in a lot of ways. So I worked in radio in Michigan at a, when I was in high school at a place, a place called WITL. And then I moved out to Boston and I, had jobs out here at uh, Channel Thirty Eight, and I worked uh, uh, doing like play by play for sports, doing basketball and hockey and football out of oh, Western wow. Mass, and um, most. Of, and then I then I became a traffic reporter in Boston. I was uh, f- for Channel Five and for a bunch of radio stations here in in uh, in the Boston area. Um, and that was that was most of my career. I just ended worked up through management and uh, ended up as the director of highway safety for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for a period of time. And wow, now I'm now I'm in marketing, and that's but that's all that's all sort of boring stuff. That's that the it's it's has non-photographic, um, photographically like I was just I um here here's how I became a photographer is that in I forget what year it was, but when uh, Duke played UNLV. In the NCAA basketball championship. I was in two um two different football basketball pools for the tournament. Um, and I picked Duke to beat UNLV. And UNLV was the overall favorite that year. They had like five guys who were all going to the NBA, and they were no one thought they were gonna lose. And I figured, well, everyone's gonna pick UNLV, so I'll pick Duke. And and I won it. I won like a couple of grand. And I mm-hmm. put, about, put it all into uh, a new camera. I got a Nikon FM2, and I got a, a whole darkroom set. And, and I just said, you know, I'm going to start walking around the streets of Boston. Um, and I did that. And that started sort, of, sort of sparked it. And I've been in and out of photography um, at different points. You know, I had a kid and started running marathons and s- s- slacked off on my photography. And then um, came back to it about 10 years ago. Um, mostly with the iPhone. You mentioned I, I shoot a lot with an iPhone, yeah. um, not exclusively, but but uh, the iPhone brought me back into photography, and I just started realizing how close I could get to people in the, on the street with a, with an iPhone that you couldn't do with a Nikon FM2 because the shutter on that thing was like a clap, <laughs> you know, it was just loud. And as you, uh, when people heard it, they knew you were taking their picture, and uh, and an iPhone wasn't that way. It was an opportunity to just to to be not surreptitious, but close enough to people in a setting so that they were not disturbed by your presence and your camera. Um, yep. and in the last few years, I've just been, been really focused on trying to become better, to be, to be a better photographer and to try to, um, capture the streets of Boston in a way that they haven't been captured before.
1: So were many of your photos in your book taken with the iPhone?
2: Uh, a bunch of them are. Yeah. The cover of it is, uh, yeah I, I would say probably I'm guessing about fifty percent. I'd have to take a look at it, but a lot of a lot of them are with an iPhone, yeah
0: yeah it's it's a nice camera. Uh, i uh, it's funny i I've been doing
1: a uh, long term project on the jazz community in this part of the state. Uh, it's very, very lively and uh, I've befriended or was befriended by a, a pianist who um, has introduced me to a lot of people and I just I just happened to run into him on the street the other day and he said, you know, I've been meaning to ask you about this, I was walking down the street in this neighborhood and I saw this hawk sitting on this on a bird feeder or a bird bath and I took a few photos of it, I think I can do something with that picture, can you look at it for me? And He took it with his iPhone he sent it over to me I'm like, oh, this is, a, this is a really nice shot. And so I, I edited it for him, you know. Nice. Nice. You know, he was pretty far away. He's so had to crop. Yeah. So I crop into this thing. And I think I, I made a nice image for him. And I sent it to him. And and I, and I said, I'll make a print for you. And I thought, well, gee, how's that going to look? You know, because I, I cropped in like, 50, you know, 50% of it. Damn thing looks really nice. Very you nice. know, and that sensor, what is like, the size of a tooth or something, and it's really small. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself, and that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. So you started, uh, started shooting on the streets in Boston, and,
2: and uh, I see you've won a number of awards for, for a lot of your work. I've been very lucky that way. Yeah, we've got to, you know, every once in a while I get a, a good image that turns out and um, somebody says, hey, that's good. So I that's always that's always nice.
1: And if I look over your left shoulder, you know, or we've got we're on Zoom here. I see this an Emmy. What's that for? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have very good. You have very good eyes. Yeah. Well, so when I was the director of highway safety for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, one of my part of my job was to develop um, public service campaigns for the uh to get people to wear their seat belts and not drive distracted and not drive at high speed and so the uh that emmy is for a public service message that i produced for the commonwealth for to get people to wear seat belts
1: you know i've, I've driven in boston a few times
2: they didn't <laughs> listen to <laughs> you <laughs> they didn't they didn't actually
1: <laughs>
0: neither but um i i before we move on I have to ask you this okay you are a sports caster yeah I I'm I'm a big
1: football fan watch a lot of football I'm Cleveland Browns fan so long suffering oh,
2: I'm I'm sorry for your yeah, losses yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and uh I am what can I say <laughs> it just amazes me how people in that profession just keep can keep talking and keep keep saying I mean how do you do that you must have to have a gift to think fast and talk fast
2: well I think that was actually my downfall as a broadcaster is I I don't think fast um <laughs> my, my dad was very good at that as as yeah. when um he he was on top of it a lot of it is preparation you know a lot of it is knowing mm-hmm. you, know, you you have you have to know going in you can't come in cold you've got to be prepared um and if you don't because if you don't know the game then you're not going to be able to communicate the game yeah um so that's that's ultimately the most important thing is preparation at least in my mind so but it takes a lot of energy too i mean you you finish you, up a game you you're exhausted cuz you've been talking for 2 or 3 hours straight uh dead air is not something that they allow on radio
1: no they don't like that no yeah they they definitely don't like that especially you know when it's live you you you, know, you can't edit it out keep going but i just yeah i just i i find it amazing and uh one of my favorite no guess i should say favorite i was watching it was world series it was san francisco and oakland and al michaels was was calling the game and they had an earthquake
2: one one of the greats oh yeah yeah yeah, i I love al michaels yeah
1: and they had an earthquake and they just you know of course the game game was canceled and he stayed on there for hours Mm -hmm. talking and he was from san francisco so he just he was pointing things out and they're you know they had a the blimp was up there you know for the game and it was floating around and showing all the scenes he was the best live reporter I ever ever heard Wow! In American wow. news, it was yeah. Very, I, I had f-
2: I had forgotten about. I remember seeing that back in the day. That uh, that was an impressive broadcasting e- uh, experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm getting off track here, but uh, <laughs> um, and uh, also you you wrote an article for our magazine about the importance of critiques on critique. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate yeah. that, and that that's what got you on our radar
2: screen. So if yeah, you, if you... I was I, I was happy yeah. that you you uh, you accepted that. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, uh, no, you're welcome. And I, you know, Ashley and I talked about it. So this is a really good point that people really need to pay attention to, uh, just like I do. And uh, we thought, yeah, we we need to run this. So if you want to get our attention, people always want to know how how they get our attention. Well, write write an article and send it in because we'll
2: always read it. Worked for me, and now I get here to sit here and talk to Bob Patterson. That's right. Now you're, now you're, you're featured. You're going to be. I'm, now I'm a somebody.
1: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> going to result in fa- fabulous riches. Never-ending <laughs> <liberating> riches. <laughs> oh, you know, I've, I need to ask you something else here. Sure. You were You had some work shown in the Smith Gallery in Johnson City, Texas. Yes. You're not the first person I've talked to that have, had, have shown work there. I've been through Johnson city. It's not Boston, <laughs> <laughs> nor is it San Antonio, but what is it with the Smith gallery in Johnson city? I, I mean, I've met several people who've had their work shown there.
2: Yeah. So, so Amanda Smith, the gallery owner there is, um, is somebody I think who, who who has been on the crit house, by the way, mm. um, she, she did a, she did a, my five episode for the gallery. Um, yeah, but so the 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 gallery the a smith gallery is a place where they uh bring in some world-renowned curators and they will you know decide what should be up on the wall and they have some amazing work that gets up put on the wall one yeah. that the show the show that i was when uh in was curated by aileen smithson who is out of california and she runs the lens scratch uh webs uh, website mm-hmm. um And, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to be shown amongst some great work and they, they, they've always done great work and, uh, it's, it's, it's an honor to be on their walls. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I get so many people contact me and say, how can I have my work shown in galleries? I don't know. Sorry. I just don't know. (laughs) I
2: spent too much time on the magazine, but. Well, a lot of, a lot of galleries will put out calls for entry. You know yeah. so where they say hey we're having a show coming up and and this is the theme of that show in fact the 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 website that I just mentioned lens scratch is one where they have a page that's just the a call the list of calls for entry that galleries will um, are looking for work and so they may have a a call for entry that will be you know for portals you know uh doors and windows and that's a if you have work that might fit that theme then that's a good Opportunity for you to submit. Um, there's you know, in most cases, there's a small entry fee, but most galleries will have you know prizes for the shows that they're doing, and you have the opportunity to sell your work as well. I, there have been a couple of times couple of galleries I've shown in where I've been lucky enough to sell my work, which is also quite an honor to to know that somebody has put you in their private collection. That's you know that's the ultimate honor, I think,
0: yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, I was uh, talking to a guy. New from my hometown. I haven't talked to him in years. And
1: uh, he uh, moved, lived, lived in Atlanta for a long time, moved back, moved back to our town, and now he's retired. And uh, so we're talking, and he's asked me what I'm doing now. So I have this magazine. And he goes, um, my daughter, is um, she knows something about photography. And I go, really? Why is that? And he goes, who's the largest photography collector in the world? And I thought about it, and I said, well, probably Elton John. And he goes, you're right. My daughter is his curator.
2: Wow. She curates no his
1: entire collection. I go,
2: whoa. <laughs> I did not know that. I should reach out to Elton John and have him on the show. I wonder what five images Elton John would you choose should to talk about on the you Crit should.
1: House. He may, he that may would...
2: delegate that to her,
1: but... <laughs> <laughs> I think she'd be a great person to have on or him yeah, for definitely.
2: Well, you know, that's, that, that's kind of, that's, that's sort of one of the interesting things is that like everybody has like five images. If you think about, yeah. You know, all the great, not only the great photographers, but like people who are interested, like Diane Keaton, right. The actress. Yeah. You know, she's written photography books. Wouldn't it be interesting to know like what five images Diane Keaton, uh, you know, influenced her as a, as a, photo person, you know, whether she's a photographer or a curator or whatever. I just, I, I, I love, I love that conversation because it goes every, you're able to go back into, um, people's childhoods when they just started to see images and Arthur Meyerson, the the great American color photographer was on and he had a, he had a tops baseball card that was one of one of his images, and I was like, "That's that's so cool," you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of a photograph. It was probably based on a photograph, but it's a painting or a drawing. On back in the day, the one that he had was uh, Mickey Mantle. Um, oh wow! And and that was you know that's that's the thing that made him start thinking about imagery as a you know as a top baseball card. That, anyway, <laughs> I, I I digress. I went back. No, that's fine.
1: <laughs> I because I, I was going to say I almost chose a painting. Oh. My we have two um japanese i guess you call them woodcuts Mm -hmm. my great-grandfather and his wife visited japan around 1900 and they brought these two back and my my parents had them in our house through my whole life and they're now hanging in our bedroom and so i've looked at these things almost every day throughout my entire life and they're very interesting street scenes and i think it's one of the things that got me interested in street and and maybe documentary photography i almost Took a photo of one and put it on there but
2: that would that would have been fun to talk about yeah. so there's a there's, yeah. there's a guy named george nobechi who has uh, he does tours in japan and workshops in japan in fact both arthur myerson and sam abel nas- both national geographic photographers teach with george nobechi in japan and he when he did his my five had a a, a japanese print because uh, because george is japanese um uh-huh. so you would have been in good company by by choosing that uh, that japanese wow. woodblock print
1: maybe i'll find out they're worth a lot of money yeah you never know yeah but i don't care they're not they're not for sale <laughs>
0: yeah you, you you are not shy about getting famous photographers on your show
2: um no, I'm not. I mean, it's 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 kind of one of those things where in, in my mind, it's sort of uh, maybe I'm spilling secrets I shouldn't do, but um, just ask, you know, what are they going to say? No. Yeah. You know, so they this, you know, they, so so they say no. And, and, and a lot of people do a lot of people. That, Who is this guy? You know, it's a, it's a fairly small channel. I mean, in comparison, some people on YouTube have, you know, a million yeah. followers on their photography channel. This is the Crit House is not a, a channel that has that many viewers. Although if all of your podcast listeners, you know, maybe I'd get there. Um, But uh, uh, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where if, if you don't ask, you can't, people, people won't say yes. You know, it's like, it's a little bit like that, that phrase, you know, you, you, you lose, you lose every game that you do not play.
1: That's true. Or you don't ask, you
2: don't get. That's right. That's right. So I just, I just, I've just gotten into the habit of asking and I'm, I'm old enough at this point, you know, I'm. I'm not a young man anymore where you know, it's I, I I know having worked in media and having worked in the career that I have had that um, they're just photographers, you know, they're great photographers and they're to be honored for the great work that they do, but they're, you know, they're just people. They're just like, us. just like the rest of us. They like to talk about their photography. They like, you know,
0: that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. So, why did you do this
2: what the, the what, crit- what's your
0: motivation yeah what's so, your motivation well it's
2: it's this? actually oh. pretty similar to you know i i, yeah. I heard you talk uh uh on uh, when, when i talked to you about why you started yeah the street photography magazine and you started it um in part because of iberian x perillo um mm-hmm. and i know like when he started his program the candid frame which is just an amazing podcast oh yeah um. He said, he said he was, he started it because he wanted to have, con- he wanted to hear conversations that he was not hearing. Yeah. And, and that's exactly the reason that I started. I, I heard, cause I've listened to almost every single podcast that i Baron X has ever done and he's done hundreds of them. Um, so I, you know, I, I started thinking, you know, there are things that I'm trying to learn Um, and I'm not, I don't know how to, how to learn it. So I, I just started asking people to come on this program, you know, and it was mostly the thing that I was mostly trying to learn was the conversation or the, not the conversation, the, um, the language of photography, how mm-hmm. people talk about photography mm-hmm. and how you can get better and, and getting, getting better from what I was seeing, um, on, on YouTube was like a lot of people who are, you know, taking a, would look at a photograph and critique it, you know, and say, mm-hmm. well, I'd brighten it up, Right dodge or I'd burn or I'd do mm-hmm. something with and that's that's you know that's all good information for improving a photograph um, and it may take you in the direction of improving yourself as a photographer but um, where I was I needed to learn how to become uh, to how, how to how to see my own photography better and to understand it better and to get input from people so that I could um, grow the body of work I knew how to you know Do Photoshop and Lightroom and those things, but I didn't know how to get into a gallery and have get a show and or to publish a book. You know, I mean, you can put a bunch of images in a book, but that doesn't mean you publish a good book. And I wanted to try to publish a good book, which and I'm and I'm proud of the. You know, it's not my my book is not one of the all time great photo books, but I'm proud of my little thing, my little book. Um, and I and and you need to you need to learn about the language of photography, to be able to get into those galleries and to have That's other true. people start to see your work in a way that they can think of you as more than just a hobbyist. Um, and I mean, it's a hobby for me, but I, I take it seriously. And I want, I want people to look at my, my work and say, oh, he's pretty good. Um, and that, and that, that takes some work and some understanding and more than just like being a good Lightroom person.
0: Yeah.
1: So you've been doing this for a little over a year or so, I think, or maybe, maybe longer, but oh, a year and a half
2: the Crit House has been on. The, yeah. Yeah.
1: So how has your own work evolved as a result of that? what you
2: learn? Um, well, I have, I, I have learned that it's important to be able to, um, communicate what your photography means to the people who are looking at it. Right. So a lot of people will say, um, I'm just going to put my photography in this book and it speaks for itself and I don't think I need to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, and that's fine. But then people aren't going to understand it. You mm-hmm. have to you have to provide context. You have to provide meaning. You have to provide um, some clues as for people so that they know what they're looking at and they can and you can sort of nudge them down the road so that they understand your photography. But first, you have to understand it. So you've got to tell yourself the story, and then, uh, and and then it will start to be understandable to other people. So, so what I, is I think your
1: story? Yeah what What's um, your elevator speech? Or, or
2: well, so I think so. Yeah. For me, I, I my photography is is about um, the street, but it's about light and geometry and how people interact with their environment in the city Um, a lot of my images are sort of they're kind of lonely you know they're people alone in the cityscape but they're alone in uh in places that have interesting light um and have some beauty to them so that's my elevator pitch i like that whether it's whether it's true or not i don't know but i'm working on it (laughs) well (laughs) you know the important thing is
0: it's starting because yeah i talked to a lot of people that don't articulate
2: um, that very well. Well, but but see that, but then, and that's exactly what, yeah. uh, what the Crit House is about. It sort of yeah. gives people this opportunity to say, hey, look at my work. Tell me what you see in my work. Yeah. Because, because when you tell me, Bob Patterson, you look at my work and you say, well, uh, you know, this one doesn't work in this body of work because it doesn't have the same vibe or feeling or it's It has a different lighting setup, or you know, what for whatever reason that you choose not to like it, you've given me information I can use to understand my own work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, literally, the reason uh, I I spent thirty to forty years with my camera not showing my photography to anyone. I mean, there are people in my family who did not know I was a photographer. They were good Mm -hmm. friends who never knew that I took pictures. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started to have conversations with other people other photographers about my work that I started to realize I don't even know how to talk about my own photography that I've been doing for decades <laughs> um, you know and it was good photography but it didn't have any it didn't have any meaning and people didn't react to it because I wasn't able to tell the story about it and, and so it it took me a while to be able to understand you that you've got you've got to be able to understand it right
1: yeah and if you just say I do street photography you get that look? What? You take what pictures that? of streets?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: what is any that? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've got to you've got to be able to say, you know, I'm I, yeah. I take These are the people. I take pictures of people on the street because it means something to me, yeah. and whatever that ha- happens to be, you know. Um, there's a uh, oh, his name's slipping my mind, but a, 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 a photographer, Matt Matt Day, uh, who has a YouTube channel, who has uh, he works in a in a little town in Ohio, Chillicothe, Ohio. Oh yeah. And he does, he does street photography there. And you know what? He documents his, his little Ohio town and, and, and it's street photography, but that's, but that has the meaning to him. He's, that's the story of his work and it's beautiful work because it's, you know, no one, no one else is documenting Chillicothe, Ohio, except Matt day. I know I've been there.
1: (laughs) We went to college, but I, yeah, sometimes sometimes I complain or whine about living in a small town. I moved from a big city, live in a small town now, and sometimes I complain about it. And then I, I saw him, yeah, and I heard him. I think he was on with the Baronics once. I heard him on a podcast. I thought, wow, I should stop complaining.
2: Well, so I I recently moved to a small town. So I I lived oh. in Boston and mm-hmm. and worked in Boston. So I would both wake up, go to work, go to lunch, and I was always in Boston, so I always had an opportunity to shoot on the streets, but now I'm I'm out in the burbs, I'm out in the countryside. I mean, I'm, I'm literally, while I was sitting here talking, I'm watching a deer just crossed over, you know, through my driveway. You know, that's how rural yeah. it is in the place <laughs> no they're cute um, <laughs> they're cute <laughs> um, too but um so, so my my I'm photography sorry. has changed by moving out into a rural yeah. area so mm-hmm. it's different that it, it i, I don't don't do street nearly as much as i used to yeah
1: me either i I walk in the woods a lot so i take pictures of trees
2: yeah but that's talk. you know what that's that's not i'm doing the same thing you know i'm, yeah. I'm going i'm going out into mother i'm doing a project where i'm shooting the full moon so I'm like a two or three in the morning, I'm waking up and going yeah. out onto the Minuteman National Park and you know, doing images of the full moon. Oh, you know, yeah, the moon a, was great this week. Oh, it's beautiful.
1: I didn't take a shot of it. I don't even have <laughs> a long lens anymore. <laughs> I,
0: don't. I shoot wide, wide angle. Yeah. With my iPhone. Oh, wow. You're That's a lot of cropping to get it. Mm, Big no caption.
2: Yeah, really cool. It's it's yeah it's it is a it's it is a wide angle shot of the moon in the setting. So it's uh it's an interesting project. I will perhaps show it to you someday. It's not you ready know, for, for a, prime time yet.
1: For a long time, you know, ha- having done this magazine for almost eleven years, I, for some reason I had to tell myself, I I can only do street photography. I've got this magazine. That's all I should do. And after a while, I said,
2: Why? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not the only thing I could yeah. have to do. Well, so one of the questions when, when people come on the program, especially when I'm doing this, my five series, I'll ask them a little bit about about themselves. But and I asked you this, too. I said, how do you describe yourself as a photographer? Yeah. And and uh, and almost everybody, you know, from the greats on down, they like they you know, they don't want to pigeon, them, pigeon pigeonhole yeah. themselves into saying, you know, I'm a landscape photographer. Or I'm a yeah. street photographer. They're a photographer. Yep, and whether you're if you're a photographer and you you allow yourself to um say that you're not just a street photographer, but it it allows you to take pictures of anything you want to because you don't have to limit yourself. I mean, I I still think of myself and I'm very proud to say I do street photography because mm-hmm. I think that that's 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 the classic canon of of photography on this earth from Henri Cartier-Bresson and uh, Andre Cortez and Robert Frank and Winogrand and Friedlander and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the greats and those are all street photographers, but there's a lot of other kinds of photography that uh, allow you to be creative as well.
1: Yeah. I like what your friend Alex Kilby says. He says, you know, he used to be a portrait photographer, this or that. He's yeah.
2: Like, I just say I'm a photographer. That's right. He, he said exactly that. Right. Yeah.
1: And he, he's great at all those genres he's, he's practiced.
2: Alex Kilby from the Photographic Eye on YouTube. Yeah, great guy. Great, yeah, great YouTube channel, almost as good as yours. (laughs) Aw, way way better, but
1: thank you. (laughs) He's good. He's quite good. He's good. Very good inspiration. There's so much crap on YouTube that it's hard to find the good stuff.
2: It it is. There, there is a lot of crap on YouTube, but there's so there is. I, I got to say, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, by finding people so alex kilby in the mm-hmm. art of photography um sean tucker i think is is great um there's a there's a guy who works for blurb books his his title at blurb is a creative evangelist his name's dan milner yeah um and he goes off on a lot of stuff that's that is non-photographic and a lot of stuff i don't listen to but when he's talking about photography and books he's got a lot of smart stuff to say so i listen to i listen to him a lot too
1: I didn't realize he had a channel. The only time I saw him was when when you guys were doing a, a critique of his work.
2: Yeah, no, he has a he has a channel. He was on for the My Five series. He's uh, a smart guy. He's uh, yeah, and he he works for Blurb, which you know, if if you're going to do a zine, it's likely that you might do a a blurb. Yep,
1: yeah. yep, yep. So let's see here how we're doing on time. Uh, I just want to ask you also you say in your your bio you recently branched out into other genres what what else i I know you you know you go for walks and take pictures of things around you is anything else in particular you're working on
2: well it's it's this uh this thing i just mentioned is it's sort of it's kind of a landscape project Mm -hmm. um i just i um like i said i'm 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 using my iphone which is absolutely the wrong camera to do landscape with (laughs) um but, I've, but it's got this, and it's, I won't be able to, to, to show it to you, but there's a, there's a, a way that when you do a long um, exposure on an iPhone,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that, that they, uh, the algorithm or whatever that they use has this quirk in it. And I take advantage of the quirk of the algorithm mm-hmm. to, um, to show motion in the landscape um and it's the motion of the moon that i'm that i'm showing so it's almost like i'm allowing the moon to move through the landscape um so it's i, I realize i realize it's 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 hard to see what it is that i'm describing because that we're doing audio here but sure, it's kind of cool to- and i'm having fun with it i don't know if it's any good or it'll go anywhere but i i i'm enjoying it i'm jo- enjoying you know getting up in the middle of the night at two in the morning and Going out and seeing the full moon when everybody else is asleep, and you know, I, I was traveling out through Santa Fe and Taos when it was a full moon over the hmm. summertime, and I walked out into the desert at three o'clock in the morning, and there were coyotes howling all around me, and it was just, you know, it's. um I don't know if the again, I don't know if the photography is very good, but it's fun to take the pictures. Does it have a bulb mode? uh well, I don't know. No, so it has a long exposure. It has a night night. So I'm not using flash.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: Um, I, I am. I am using sometimes a um, a flashlight to fill in on mm-hmm. the foreground if it's too dark in the foreground. Um, but it's but the the exposures are like thirty seconds, and the oh. algorithm sort of processes it in a kind of in, in this interesting way.
1: Yeah, the moon will leave leave a streak at thirty seconds. It's, it's going uh, by pretty fast, actually. Yeah, yeah, if, if it is you true. Don't really notice it, but. Oh, that's cool. I love doing night photography.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, it's, and I think it helps. I think you know, when you do other things, it helps your street photography as well. Oh, yeah. I think Um I haven't discovered that yet because I haven't been doing it long enough, but all I can think of is that um I'm, I am learning to become a better photographer and that'll help me on on the street when I am actually on the street again.
0: <laughs> Let's go back into Boston. There we go. So, um, when you make these these videos, you edit them pretty
1: heavily. I mean, the the my5 shows are 15 minutes, but I know from my experience we were on for a good hour.
0: Yeah, that to me, I mean, editing audio is hard. Editing video is I mean,
1: it's really hard. It, of course, <laughs> I guess you know, once you learn the tricks and everything, it goes a lot faster, but I mean, how long does it take you to edit one of those things down? Uh,
2: you know, it's a couple hours. You know, yeah, you have I to sort saying. of you have to go through and listen to it and hear what people say and find out what is relevant to the story. You know, and and you don't want to cut out something that's important, uh, um, which every once in a while I will do, and I'll get somebody to say, "Hey, you, uh, you cut that out." Um, but it's you know, it, with with YouTube, there's a. Um, people only watch for a certain length of time. You know, if Mm -hmm. you do a two hour thing on YouTube, it's not, uh, not, not going to be, I mean, you, you know, when you have, when we have these conversations, you and I on a podcast, that's, you know, that's somebody who's driving to work and back. And so they're doing it in the car and they can listen to it. Um, YouTube's a little bit different. So, so I try to keep it down to around 12 12 to 15 minutes or thereabouts. So, but I love talking to people. So, you know, we'll talk for an hour or so, and and it's just kind of uh, making a decision to distill it down to those important things that fit into that, Twelve to fifteen minute time frame, and and then I get to show pictures, right? Like so, yeah. we're talking right now, and I'm describing my work, and I, you know, no one has an idea what it looks like because they're listening to it. You do, but but on on YouTube, you can show the pictures. When you know, when you were talking about uh, W. Eugene Smith, and you mentioned uh, the Philadelphia Project, and so oh well, let's show what the Philadelphia Project is, and um, you know, because those are amazing images, and now people who hadn't been aware of that. Project can see, oh, that's what that is, and now it's it's sort of introducing other people to other images beyond that, which we've yeah, already talked about, you did, you did
1: a really nice job with that i I showed a photo of microgeros and you found a lot of his work and showed he's great, yeah, he's, he is he's really great. good he he was really good, and uh, so I'm matter of fact, I'm going to be sending him a link this afternoon after we're done talking so well, and tell him to send me an that. email.
2: We'd love to have him on our program too,
1: uh,
0: yeah.
2: You you should you really should. <laughs> should.
1: He's got some interesting stories to tell. Very nice. All right. Well, Jeff, um, before we go, why don't you tell us where people can
2: find your channel and yeah. find you and find your book? Sure. Well, on YouTube, it's the the Crit House, uh, and so just search for the Crit House, and and we're on Instagram with the same with the same handle on Instagram. I'm under Jeff Larson, which is L-A-R-A-S-O-N, which I know is strange, but, uh, and my website is uh, jefflarison.com. You can find me there as well, and you can get my book at that website.
1: Very good. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you again. Absolutely
2: a pleasure for me, Mr. Patterson. Thank you.
1: Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So, please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios found at weebitstudios.co.uk I'm Bob Patterson and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine.